0: Okay, so we are learning da'af, Um Now we started off. We're going to start off rather with a discussion. Something that we started right at the end yesterday. We we're discussing all of the people who descended from Rachav. Rachav had a lot of tzchusim here. And the story with her and how she helped the spies. She marries Yehoshua, and it says that she has eight, perhaps nine, neviim that descend from Rachav. So the names of these people: Yirmiah Hanayo, Barach, Sarai, Chilkiyah, Shalom, Neriah, Machzei. So all of these people, the Gemara is trying to figure out, we just took it for granted that they're all Nevi'im. The so the Gemara says, how do we know? So Vishal me'inu some of them are explicit. Which ones? Yirmi, Yachamal, Baruch, and Surya, those all seem to be clear in the Psukim somewhere, if you know Tanakh well enough, those are clear that those are Nevi'im. Allah, How do we know that their fathers, who are Chilki, Shalom Meriah, and Machsi, how do we know that they are Nevi'im? The That's the question. You know, we don't want to just take it for granted that that whole list of people who descend from Rakhav neviim. When it, if you look through the Pesuch Tanach, we don't seem to see any evidence to that. So it's bothering the Gemara that they were just listed. So the Gemara says a very important Yisai it here. It's like something that Ula taught. Whenever you see, you're learning, whenever you're learning uh, a Pesuch, and it says the name of a Navi, and then it mentions his father's name as well. It says he's the Navi, the son of so-and-so, with the connection of some Navua. Then it's coming to allude to the fact that the father was also a Navi. It's like you're supposed to like figure that out. You know, it's like the Navi, he's the son of so-and-so and his, his powers of Navua were, so to speak, genetically passed down um, from his father. That's, that's the meaning of the fact why the Torah discloses the father's name. But if you see a Navi's name and it doesn't say the name of his father, below ben Navi, then you know that to the contrary, he might be a Navi, but he's not the son of a Navi. Ula says, we say the same, the same thing with location. Shmova Shemiro, if the Navi's name is mentioned together with the name of the city, you know that in fact he's from that city. In other words, he was born in that city. That's the point. Shmova but if it mentions his name, not the name of the city, we and Yerushalayim. So then it's Navi. If it doesn't say where it is that he's from, you assume that he's from Yerushalayim. Not that there's any direct connection between the two members of Ula, but al Kapanim, the first connection is what we wanted. That uh, we're able to learn that these people's fathers were Nevi'im as well, because if it says by Yermielah, Hanamo Barach, and Surya that they were the sons of them, then it's coming to tell you in the context of Nevuah that their parents as well were Nevi'im. Says the Gemarbim it says in a Paraisa as well, Kosha Stumim, wherever it says in some of these deeds and the father's deeds we don't know much about. In other words, generally we don't know much about two people. A son and a father, but then back on the Then the pasuk goes out of the way and tells us something good about one of them. Kegon, an example. it was the word of Hashem. Hashem al Came to tsefania ben Kushi, the son of Kushi ben Gedalia, the son of Gedalia. And the, the pasuk is saying, obviously, something good about Tzefania here. It's saying that Tzefania received the word of God, that he was a navi, that he was meriting the nevuah. So now, if we want to understand something about Kushi and Gedalia, ben Dushu ben ben Salik. So it's an understanding that it's trying to say that the father was righteous as well. Wherever the Pasuk singles out a person that we don't know much about them or their father about, and it singles them out in something bad, for example, he was in the seventh month, it says that Yishmael, the son of Nisanya, came to Shama. So this is by the murder of Gedalia. He was murdered by Gedalia. We're pretty familiar with that one. So, Gedalia, right? So, he was murdered by someone, Yishmael, the son of Nisan, Yoseb, Yadushu, so Roshav, and Roshav. The point is that it mentions his father's name so that we understand that his evil way descends from his father as well. was genetically passed on. So we have this for, in a complementary way. We have this in a critical way. This idea that a father's name is not just you know some innocuous statement here about knowing who he is, but it's about understanding who the person is as well. All right, Umar of Nachman, Malachi, the, the last Malachi, right? Chag is Chayim Malachi. The, Malachi is the last of the prophets, the last book in Tanakh. So Malachi is Mordechai. Mordechai at Sadiq, the person from the Megillah, is really Malachi. Why is it called Malachi? His name is really Mordechai. So he was second in power. So we basically are saying that he was like a malach. He was very important as if he was an angel. It's an interesting thing because he was the and so important as if he's the angel he has that important status. That's why he's called Malachi. But in reality, it's the same person. His name is really Mordechai. It says the Gemara Maseveh, we have a kasha from our eyes. Baruch the son of Nuria, Baruch the son of We Ben-Maseya. Surya Ben-Maseya. V'Daniel. Mordechai Bilshan. Mordechai Bilshan. V'chagai. And the Chagai. Zechariah Malachi. All of these people. Kulom nizam They all gave a prophecy. They all had Nevu in the second year of Dayavish. The second year of Dayavish, you might remember. We, we touched upon this a little bit later. Was finally Achashreosh II, the son of Achashreosh, is when the rebuilding of the temple actually occurred. Remember, there was all this remembering that they were going to build, rebuild the temple good 18 years earlier in the time, um, in the time from Korish. But actually, it only got built in the time of Darius. So all of these Nevi'im were on the bandwagon. They all jumped on this Nevuah that there was going to be a rebuilding of the temple. So with a price to list Mordechai and it lists Malachi, it's listing them as separate people. It says all these people separately, Baruch and Daniel and Mordechai and Chagai and Zechariah and Malachi, they're all prophesizing. So clearly we see that if it lists them separately, then Mordechai and Malachi are not the same person. So the Gemara concedes that that's a good point. The Gemara says to Yufta, it refutes what we said. In fact, Mordechai and Malachi clearly are not the same people. So now the Gemara continues further now, because now we're kind of curious if there might be a double identity a different way. Tanya, Yishua Malachi is Ezra. Ezra, the leader who led the people back from Babel, he is Malachi. Actually, Malachi is his real name, meaning it's a different navi of that name. It's not meant to be a secondary name to anybody else. So in the first of the Yishua Malachi is Ezra, and in the Rabbana's opinion, he's just his own person. He's not anybody else. It's reasonable like that opinion, that Malachi is really Ezra. What does it say in Malachi? Malachi is very short navi. There's not that much there. Three, three proclam. But one of the Nevuah is, it says that Yudah became bad, and a disgusting thing has happened in Yudah. He has profaned all the Kedush of Hashem. He has loved. He has entered into intermarriage. He's marrying people who are not Jewish. So Malachi, one of his main criticisms that he says of the people of Jerusalem is that they have intermarried. And this is the truth. The harsh reality was that while the, 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 the people and most of the people moved on and the holy people went to all and Shushan and this and that, there were some Jews who remained in Jerusalem. And Malachi is saying, look at what happened to them. They're all intermarrying and it's very sad. Now, who echoes the exact same message that we know about that had a real problem with Jews intermarrying? during the time of the korban, says the Gemara, Who was the one who made such a campaign of separating Jewish boys from their non-Jewish wives? It was Ezra. Ezra was famous for doing that. We have Shekhan, the Son They cried out and they told Ezra that we've done wrong, we've taken these women that aren't Jewish. And it was a whole thing that Ezra publicly shamed all the people who had taken the non-Jewish women. It was like Ezra's big campaign. When Ezra came back, there were two big issues that he faced. He faced Chil Shabbos and he faced um, intermarriage. And this, was, this was the scene, the chaotic scene in Jerusalem that Ezra met when he tries to reveal the second base of Mekdom. So the point that the Gemara is making is that if we see that Malachi is struggling with intermarriage and we see that's his message in Vua, and we see Ezra dealing with the intermarriage and that's his cause and trying to fix that, then it's reasonable to assume that Malachi and Ezra would be the same person. It's a, it's a decent assumption. Okay, now we go back to Rachov. Tan Rabbanan there were four really really exceptionally beautiful women in the world sarah Abigail, we mentioned her yesterday rochov and esther says the gemara esther is making the cut with madame esther as remember we learned an opinion that esther actually was not naturally that beauty actually she had like a, a bad like off yellow greenish complexion and actually it was only that was somehow um, found favor that Koh who had made a miracle. So, according to that opinion, obviously Esther shouldn't be in that list. Then, Esther we should take Esther off the list and instead insert Vashi in her place. Rachav brought like desire with her very name, meaning someone who just said, says the name Rachav will automatically have a desire for her. Yael, with her voice. Someone who thinks about her. the daughter of Sho, with somebody who sees her. Now, the Gemara takes this a step further. A very extreme statement. Anyone who just says Rachav Rachav immediately will have a seminal discharge. They will see Kerry. says, so, What are you talking about? I did it nothing happened. Obviously, it's not just saying her name, it's somebody who knows what she looked like and has that visual memory. So then when they say the name, then immediately they will have the discharge. Now we get back to the Megillah. The Megillah says, Mordechai knew all that had happened. And it says that he lets out that he emits this very loud and bitter cry. There's a piercing cry that comes out from Mordecai's mouth. So the passage doesn't say what exactly he said. It, wasn't, it sounds like it wasn't just the sound. It was some message that was carried in Mordechai's cry. So the Gemara says, My Amar, what did Mordecai say? Rav Amar, Rav said, Gava Haman me Haman is haughtier, he has become greater than Achashverosh. In other words, Haman was so brazen to give this decree to annihilate the Jews. Achashverosh hadn't thought of that, right? And as we saw in the Gemara earlier, that wasn't because Achashverosh liked the Jews more than Haman. Achashverosh had an equal hatred. What it was is that Haman had a brazenness that to, you know, a harsh audacity to perform such an act, and that's what the cry was, because that's dangerous. In other words, normally there's like this sense of maybe call it shame, call it whatever it is, insecurity about doing crazy things. And we saw that you're Haman, you're dealing with a madman, a man who's afraid of nothing. He has nothing to lose. And that was the the cry that that, that Mordechai emitted. Ushmual Amar, he said something even more of raising cover Tata, that the upper king has prevailed over the lower king. So what does that mean? So Pashab Shadow means Akalish is above. But what it's really saying is the opposite, right? It's a euphemism. It's Lashon Saginahar, that the opposite, that Mordecai is crying. And he's saying it seems that what's happening is, is that the lower kings here in this world have more power than the Almighty. Now, that's a very scary statement. And obviously, he meant that to evoke Rachlim, the fasting, to encourage people. But that was the message that uh, Mordecai was spreading throughout the city. So then, what happens? <laughs> So there's something about vateschalchal, which is a very strange word. The king, the queen, is reacting to this again. The queen is in the palace. She hears Mordechai's message, but she's she's having some sort of physical reaction, which the Gemara is trying to figure out what it is. My vateschalchal, I'm a She immediately became a nida. In other words, and that can happen. There are many things the Gemara and nita say that jolts the body like a a sudden. Um, a uh, 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 nervousness and anxieties Like something like that Can cause menstruating She had to suddenly um, Had a loosening of her bowels That she had to go to the bathroom So either way It's some, some like shock That Esther goes in Esther calls somebody named Hasach. Hasach's job in the Megillah Is to be like you know The emissary between her and Mordechai Sending messages back and forth Remember, it's very important that the identity is not disclosed, that she is Jewish. That's the whole point of the story. So she has to find somebody who's very trustworthy. So who is this Hassach person? Omar Rav, Hassach is Daniel. He's called Daniel. Why is he called Hassach then? And obviously he's a Jew. We're going to see that some of the message, first of all, he was trusted. But second of all, he was... um, he was talking about, we're going to see something that with Torah and mitzvahs we'll see in a minute. But at any rate, so obviously he was a Jew, but not, he was no ordinary Jew. He was Hasach. Why is he called Hasach? So he had been cut down. He had been cut down from greatness. He used to be, yeah, Daniel was, was somebody really big. In the times of Belshazzar, Dayavish, Korish, Daniel was like the most trusted advisor of these people, right? Daniel was the one who interprets the handwriting of the wall for Belshazzar, for example. He was it. And now suddenly he had been demoted. He had received the demotion. He was just, now he's just some ordinary Joe. In the court, in, uh, in the new Persian Empire, king here, Achashverosh, he's been khatakh, he's been degraded. The opposite. Everything was cut, it was like nigzar, it was not khatakh, it was decided based upon his mouth. So that's a pretty different interpretation, a very different interpretation. And the Gemara doesn't tell us what's the background to the story. You know, why was Daniel demoted? Why wasn't he high up if he was around? What happened to him? We don't, we're not privy to it. At any rate, so she sends him back to Mordechai. What's the message? To know about this and to know about this. So what's this? This was the message. Maybe the Jews deserve it. Maybe they have transgressed the Torah. About the luchos, it says, from this and that, meaning from this side and from that side, they are written. So maybe what happened was, is that it's mizeh u mizeh, that they deserve it because they have um, transgressed the Torah. So that was the issue. So now Mordecai told, told Hasach to go ask Achashverosh to, to intercede, right? That was the whole thing. Esther says, I can't. It's an offense. It's offensive to the king without being summoned. And then what, what happens? It says, they told Mordecai the words of Esther. So what happens? It doesn't say that Hasach. It says they told. So what happened to Hasach, right? Hassof was in between them talking about why it was that the decree happened, but now they're not, he's not back going telling Mordechai. you the himself did not go back to Mordechai. Why is that? When a person is sent on a mission, he should not report back with bad news. So Hasach did not want to be the person to report back the bad news. This is bad news. Esther is really the only hope of the Jews, and she's refusing to assume the responsibility for it. So Hasach personally did not want to be the one To tell Mordechai about that. So, what happens? Then he tells her, right, that whole pep talk, the Gemara doesn't analyze that, but he tells her basically, do it. And then she says, She says, Go assemble all the Jews, even though it's against the halach. What does that mean, even though it's against the rule? It was against the normal custom of every day. What does that mean? Until now, whenever I had relations with Achashverosh, it was under duress. Asha from now on, is going to be with my consent. Meaning, this is the big difference. Esther, normally, she did have relations, and she was the queen. She was married to Achashverosh, and even though she was married to Mordechai, it was complicated, right? But, but but as we saw, you know, she used to cleanse herself and go back to Mordechai. But here, now suddenly, she's going to be doing it willingly, right? She's going in with consent. She's going in, bringing it upon herself. She's going to the king, so now she can't claim that her actions are under duress if I'm lost, I'm lost her point was just as I'm lost from my father so I'll, be, I'll be lost from you meaning remember that Esther's father died and she didn't know her father so she's saying I'm going to lose my husband as well just as I lost my father I'm going to lose my husband why is she going to lose her husband? because now that she's willingly having relations with Achashverosh, she's a married woman and if she's a married woman then what's going to happen? then she's going to go back to Achashverosh after, after having relations with Achashverosh. she can't go back anymore to Mordechai she become forbidden to him because she's no, no longer having the relations under duress. Now, you might ask a very simple question. Why didn't Mordechai divorce her? Right? Divorce her. Tosso says he was scared that um, because a, a get needs uh, witnesses, he was scared that maybe it would become disclosed to the king that they were married and this and that, and it would be a big issue. Because if everybody could find out that the queen was really married to Mordecai and just gotten divorced, that would be an affront offensive to the king. Moreover, it would disclose the fact that she was a Jew. So Mordechai was trapped. He couldn't divorce her. And that's why this whole thing, and now that she's going to have relations that not, with Rakhashverosh willingly, she's forever going to be lost from her relationship with, with, uh, with Mordecai. It seems that that's the truth. Is that, is that the truth? Well, I mean, we'll see a pretty contradictory Gumar about this on Laman Beit. They have uh, Daniel, we just said, so they only need one person. That's a great question. Yeah, that's right, right. Anyways, Daniel was in on the secret, right? Yeah, yeah maybe just the document. I don't know. a very good question. Very good question. Excellent question. You know who asked that kasha? Taisis. When Taisis slugs up the pshat about the guy, that's his kasha. Very good name. It says It Mordechai. Mordecai passed. What did he pass? The very famous gemara. Yom he passed over the, the Seder night. Meaning the three-day fast was over Pesach. I have to understand how this is so interesting. There's this relationship between Purim and Pesach. This is one of them. The, the fast day... Of, of Esther, the three day fast happens on Pesach. So that year Mordechai decided to be, to be, to be transgressed the law. They didn't have a Pesach later. He just passed over a pool of water to gather people on the other side. So talk about a dramatic opinion versus a pretty non-dramatic opinion. One opinion is saying, well, Yavar Mordechai, Mordechai transgresses the law, right? They don't have a Pesach later. And the other opinion is saying, hey, yeah, he just passed over the body of water to get, go gather some more people was the third day. after? Where's the royalty. So the Gemara notes, we saw this yesterday. It should have said, royal garments, right? Where's the garments? It doesn't mean that she just wore a robe. You know, it means that she was clothed with, it, with the divine spirit, with the So we see that a spirit clothing, a hazai, is a reference to, is a reference to Nebuah. When you get a bracha, from an ordinary person. Don't think it's unimportant. Shari Shnei Gadol the two people who were very chashov, of Shnei Adiotis, were blessed, the two ordinary people. In each case, the blessing was fulfilled. way, David, and Daniel. David and Daniel were blessed. David barche Arvanya. David was blessed by some ordinary person named Arvanya. He gives him a bracha, and um, he said, Hashem should, should accept you, and, and all was good. There was a plague, and a plague was held back at the time of David. And Daniel, dayavish. Dayavish gave Daniel a bracha, vinach, that Hashem will continue to save you. And this is what happened when Daniel was thrown into the lion's pit. He was saved and he was not harmed. Now the point here is not that you know, Daniel was only saved because he got a bracha from Dayavish. But the point is, don't treat the bracha ordinarily as that something unimportant. A curse that's given by an ordinary person shouldn't be unimportant to you. A curse that's given by an ordinary person shouldn't be unimportant to you. I remember he was upset because they covered the truth from him. So he said, you covered the truth from me. You cause this. Hashem will have your children be, will be blind, right? Your children will also be covered with their eyes. That's what happened to her children. What happened to Yitzchak's eyes? When Yitzchak was old, his eyes couldn't see anymore. Come see how different... Is from people. a person has to put the pot on the stove and then you put in water first puts the water into position and then he puts the pot around it to hold the water and he just puts the water and then afterwards he figure out the pot very interesting idea here puts the water and then afterwards the clouds come whereas we, we have to put the pot first what exactly is the deeper meaning of that that, that for everybody else they have to first need the pot and then the water. Kol D'Shbaruchu has the water and then he has the pot. So one idea is that the water and the pot, right, is like the kli. Is that Kol D'Shbaruchu's bracha has to be contained, but the bracha is the bracha. The bracha is there; it just waits for kelim to receive it. Whereas by other people, the kli is like the way you start. Without the kli, you don't know what bracha is. So bracha is like a very fundamental thing that it's waiting. It's always in position and it's just waiting for the kli to follow when it comes from Kol D'Shbaruchu. Anyone who says something over, he reports something, he relates something in the name of the person who said it, maybe he brings redemption to the world. Asr told the king in the name of Mordecai about the plot of Big Son and Sarash, and that caused the whole story to change because he needed a reward for Mordecai. When a righteous person is dies, he's lost only to his generation, meaning. His soul is good. It lives forever. It's only a loss for the people that, that miss him. The person lost the pearl. Wherever it is, it's a pearl, right? The pearl is fine. <speaking in Hebrew> it's only lost to the owner. What did Mordecai say? What did Muhammad say? <speaking in Hebrew> all of this is not worth it to me when Mordechai doesn't bow. What is this? <speaking in Hebrew> he said everything, all of this, is not worth it to me. <speaking in Hebrew> This person came from a lot of wealth. Mordechai came from a wealthy background. This person came from a lot of poverty. And Mordechai, the marshal explains, this is the thing. Mordechai had bought Haman originally as a slave. So he couldn't bear it. Haman couldn't bear it when he saw that he was still subservient to his previous master. That's what the, the deeper meaning of this gemara. They called Haman the slave who was sold just to eat a few loaves of bread. Haman came from very humble beginnings and he couldn't get past them. Another, position, another interpretation He had a record of all of his treasures He wrote down all of his assets on, on, uh, on some like thing That right by in his heart He would say He would take it out He would say all of this He would like clutch it all, Everything that I'm holding Every single thing is not worth it to me In the future This is just a random tangent it's Everything from Allah we'll put a crown On the head of every tzaleq Hashem will be a crown of beauty What's the crown of beauty and a tsvira stefara? Will come for those who do as well and those who await Hashem's glory. Maybe everyone who does Hashem's will will get these crowns. Only to the remnants of the people. What does that mean? Someone who treats himself like leftovers, meaning someone who is humble not stomp someone who's righteous. You have to be humble as well in order to get the reward. And for the people who like judgment, people who judge the Yitzhahara, meaning people who force the Yitzhahara to do teshuvah. They judge and judge people who know how to judge truth. People who have the strength to overcome their Yitzhahara. Those who turn back from battle. They give and take in the war of Torah. They debate Torah to the always in the shul and measures learning the what is the difference between Kla Yisrael and everybody else how come only Klau Yisrael is promised this special award the jews learn torah the, are the nations of the world do not so Din said What's going on with the wicked people who are sent to Gehenim? That those people they stagger through totally drunk, they stumble in judgment. The sinners of Kla Yisrael they actually do, in fact, deserve Gehenim. because Ain Paku el Ganim. The word Paku, which means to stumble, is an allusion to Gehenim. This should not be a stumbling block to you. This is the pasuk yesterday with Abigail and David. The Ain means So that was a whole homiletical tangent. About the right, the way that Din is going to talk to Hakadosh Baruch about the future of Klal being rewarded and punished. Now we get back to the Megillah. Esther is coming to the king. She stands in the inner court of her house. As soon as she got to the chamber of idols, the Ahasuerus had a whole chamber of idols in the palace. As soon as she gets there, she lost the Ruach HaKodesh. Remember, she has Ruach HaKodesh, but as soon as she gets to this chamber of idols in the palace, she loses it. So she lost the spirit. And at that point, she says, the famous Pasuk, She felt, and that was the darkest moment. Remember, this is everything is hinging upon her. Is she going to be able to to intercede for her people, and she gets a rachakodesh. she's all excited, and then she loses it. And this is the toughest point in the Megillah, the darkest moment, right when the light shines, boom, it gets shut down. And she says, So she, what does that mean? What's her to to v'shtah? And here we go. This is good read. What's going on? Maybe you treat Shoget Kamezid and Onez Keratzon. Meaning, even though it seems that I'm approaching Ahasuerus because I want to, it's not really my fault. I have to go to Ahasuerus because I have to save the Jewish people. So what is Rashi saying? It seems that basically what Esther is saying is that maybe you think, HaKadosh baruchu that I'm guilty here. Why am I guilty? Because I'm willingly going to have relations with a married, while I'm a married woman. But don't blame me from that because that's Viter under duress. It's the whole catalyst for me doing this is going to save Ka'al Yisrael. So that's also called Oynes. In other words, don't blame me. Don't say this is willful because it's not willful. I'm doing this because I'm compelled to. So if so, so if that's what she's saying, frek the mashah, frek everybody, then why was she going to be avad for Mordechai? Why was she going to lose her husband? She was losing her husband. If Esther really felt, and it was correct, that even though she went willingly, it was under duress that she willingly went. So it had a din of Ines, So then she shouldn't have been haser on Mordechai. If I am compelled to willingly do a shazish, is that ones or is that rotser? It, I'm the Gemara of the Ahmed Aal, if we saw Kashar of Adity of that she became Asr and Mordechai. Here in the Gemara of the Ahmed base, Keli Keli Lama Azav she's timing that she has a Dinabonis. So which one is it? It's a big Kashar for our Shah. Oh, Shemal, you're crazy, Kalev. Maybe the Pshar is, I, you have left me because I called that Kashar a dog. Shemal, I see them in Kharib, and I see them in Kalev, and I It says, rescue me from the dog. Ari. So therefore she called him a lion. Shemal, save me from the lion. It's very, very interesting stuff here. What is this? She calls him the lion. She calls him the dog. That's a reason why, why maybe she should, be, uh, she, should be, uh, she should be punished and then saved. So the mashah, mashah says, very good, the dog was Haman, the lion was Achashverosh. So first Esther was davening only to be saved from Haman. And then she realized that no, really it's Achashverosh as well. And she switched it to daven to be saved from the lion as well. So what happens? The king sees Esther, so she wins his favor, and, she, and, the, and the king famously sticks out his scepter to Esther. Three angels came at that time. One raised her neck to make her look better. One gave her a special charm. One stretched out the king's scepter towards her. So basically it seemed, Achashverosh did not really want to stick out the scepter. Achashverosh was not so happy that Esther was there. But the, the, he was compelled to act because of the malach. How far did the angel stretch? It was originally two amos long. But The angel stretched it 12 amos long. Some people say 16 amos Some say 24 amos 60 amos long. To learn this after yesterday's parasha. We find this with powers the daughter right, of Basio's hand. It stretched out when she got Moshe Rabbeinu. That it also stretched. With the teeth of the Rishon. This is an interesting Mar and Brachos, Ogmalach Abashin wanted to kill the Jews. He tried to pick up a mountain and, and throw it over the whole camp. But Hashem sent ants. They had a hole in the mountain. It sunk around his neck. And then his teeth extended on, on the side of his face. And it covered the whole mountain. And it got stuck on Ogmalach Abashin. So how long did his teeth extend the same long amount? You extended, you extended the teeth here of Ogmalach Abashin. Says the Gemara, just one last opinion. of and and Rabbi Lazar, Sheshamai Rabbi and and It was actually two hundred amos. Was the extension here on the uh, scepter and the teeth of of uh, all these people? Whatever you ask me for, half of the kingdom I will give you. Says the Gemara, we can make an inference. I'll give you half the kingdom. I won't give you the entire kingdom. What does that mean? not something which divides. I won't give you something in the middle of the kingdom. Because the temple is in the middle of the world. So if it's in the middle world, I'm not going to give you the base of the Meaning the one thing you cannot ask me is to rebuild the temple. That was one thing which is like, the anxiety of all for Ahasuerus. Don't ask me about the temple. Why did he think she would ask her about the temple? Did he know she was Jewish? Why did he think about the temple? Why was that even in his mind? Instead, Esther asked for the king and Haman to come today to a banquet I prepared. So now the Gemara asked the famous question. was a Esther Why did Esther invite Haman to the banquet? What is going on? The point was that she was going to go beg Um, The king about to get away from the decree Why do we need Haman there? So the Gemara says A bunch of reasons It was a trap It should be a trap So meaning what's the point? You don't want everything to be comfortable And a person thinks everything is too secure and comfortable That's when they fall So she wanted to make Haman feel secure She learned it from her father's house If your enemy is hungry You give him bread to eat So what does this mean? It actually seems like Stam, She did it out of, like, compassion. Is that the point? Like, what exactly is that point? When your enemy is hungry, you give them bread. Well, what's the answer? The Khmer is not so clear on I mean, this one. She invited him so that he wouldn't take advice and rebel against the king. Meaning, if Hamlin was really smart right now, he was just given everything, he should rebel and take the throne for himself. And then Esther would have been in bad shape. So she wanted to keep her enemies close that's the idea You keep your enemy close You don't give him, you don't give him time She invited him That they wouldn't realize That she was a Jew In other words She wanted to make sure Again the same thing Make sure that she, He's always by He's not out Because time is of the essence If, if Haman will find out Esther is, is a Jew Scary thing then the Gemara says, very interesting. We switch gears on the angle here. She wanted the Jews not to say that we have a sister in the royal palace. And they will neglect from davening. Meaning, she didn't want Kalei to have any confidence in her because then they won't have as much Kavana in their davening. So she said, if I invite Haman to the feast, word is going to get out that, you know, I, I couldn't care less about saving them. Here I am dining with Haman. So if the Jews see that, then it's going to make them realize they can't rely on me. If they can't rely on me, they'll daven more. So, The Jews didn't know she was Jewish. Just uh, she needs I I don't know. I'm not sure. I I was saying that from Tyson, so I guess you have to say that the testimony would get out, not necessarily that more Jews would find out. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a good question. You so see that he would always be around her. What does that mean? You know, when when somebody's around, they mess up, right? So maybe he would have some blunder, which is exactly what happened, right? He fell on her in the couch eventually. That there, when somebody's around, right, there's a chance they might trip up. Maybe the HaKadosh Baruch Hu will feel it if he asks, and he'll do a nase. Meaning, very interesting, Mashi says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can be moved to, a, to perform a miracle when he sees how lousy the human beings are. So meaning if he sees the way that Esther is acting and that she's mamish, you know, with Haman, he'll realize he's got to save the Jews and not rely on Esther. Now this is a very interesting thing because he can't manipulate God, right? What exactly does that mean? Very hard idea. Here, look at this. She says, let me smile at Haman. The king will be nervous that we're having an affair, and he'll kill both of us. But if he kills both of us, that's going to save the Jews, because Haman will be destroyed. So she was willing to basically commit suicide to save the Jewish people. (laughs) Hachasverosh was fickle-minded. So he wanted Haman to be present, so that if if she could convince Hachasverosh to kill Haman, he'll do it right on the spot. We won't have to have a second to think about it. Even with all these reasons, we need a different reason that our Blaz Ramadah said. The of Omar By inviting Haman, she made the king jealous and she made everybody else jealous. Meaning the king was like, Why are you inviting Haman to our private dinner? Right? So it made the king upset about Haman. Rabbah Omar own pride comes before destruction. but when they're hot, I'm going to prepare their feast. Meaning all these same ideas over here is that feast lead to people falling and being destroyed. So all of these reasons here where we're going on. So the Gemara says a famous thing. Of all the reasons that we just gave, which one is the right reason? said Esther was influenced by all of the reasons that we said from all the Tanam and all the Amaram. Very interesting. The very famous part from The Lashen HaGemara is very literal. She was influenced by all the Tanoam and all the Amoram. It doesn't say she was influenced by all the reasons. She was influenced by them. That there's something personal here. Is that, you know, we shouldn't just look, you know, it's this reason, that reason. She had 80 reasons in her head. Esther was influenced by the fact that one day there were Tanoam and Amaram where they're going to discuss what she was that she was doing. And they were going to analyze it and have all these reasons that were going to happen. And that's what motivated her. You think about it, it's like similar to the idea, had Reuven known what he was going to say in the Torah, he would have done more. If, if a person would know of that, that was the greatest motivation. Why, why did Esther do it? She knew it because she knew what was going to happen. She foresaw the depth and cloud Yisrael saw Esther and us sitting here and learning the Megillah, analyzing. That, that's inspiration to do such a thing. Galad Gavard from helio and Avi. Says the Gavard, this is the whole thing with, the, uh, with his wife, right? That, that he says, I can have everything, but I hold when Mordechai doesn't bow down. So she to, she, he told him all about the, the core of his wealth and how many sons he has. How many sons does Haman have? So Amarav Lamed, he had 30 sons. Asar Mesut, 10 died, Asar Nidlu, 10 were hanged. Asar Mechaz, 10 went around begging for food. Osan Shivim hava. Those who went knocking on the food were actually 70. The Siv Svein, Balach it says the sons of Haman were, were, who used to be full hired themselves out for bread. Alta Grace fame, don't read that they were full. Ella Shivim, they were 70. Rabbi Mercham Amr Kulam Asam, altogether, there were 208. You remember Rove Banav? The Kamatri of Rove is 208. Says the Gemara, is that true? Rove Bikamatri Mosun Barbasar, it's actually 214. Because you missed the um, the Vav, Rage Vav Vase. Amr Abnachim Feruok, save it spelled without the Vav. So it's missing six. So instead of 214, it's 208. Right that night, the, the sleep of the king is disturbed. Whose sleep is disturbed? Not just is the sleep, but HaKadosh Baruch who sleep, right? This idea is that this is, this is the thing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wakes up. That all the people up in Shammai, the angels were stirred. And all the people down here were stirred. They're working in tandem. They're working together here. All the angels are harassing Achashverosh. And they're harassing him and saying, You're you're ungrateful. Reward Mordechai. In other words, there's something stirring. It wasn't random that he couldn't fall asleep. The angels were stirring him, they were forcing him to stay awake. It just means he couldn't fall asleep. He had a thought in his mind. He keeps on thinking to himself, Why is it that Esther invited Haman to the banquet? Maybe they're conspiring against me to kill me. He said, how come nobody loves me? somebody would have informed me if they really had a plan to destroy me. Al the he thought, Dilma Ika Inish So maybe someone did me a favor, I never rewarded him. Inchi. Therefore, people don't want to don't want to tell me. They don't have my back because they see that I don't reward those who inform me, those who snitch. So therefore, and he ordered right away to bring the record book to see if there was somebody that he owed a favor to that he didn't do. He he was nervous. That that's why he wasn't being informed of the plot that he thought maybe Efzer and, and and Haman together are planning on, 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 uh, on assassinating me. Why was he so insecure about assassinations? So first of all, it happened with Big Sun and Serish, right? But how about something else? How did Ahasuer come to power? Who, had, who did they have to assassinate? Belshazzar, right? He was involved in that. So maybe that has something to do with it. At his core, that's him. He's looking at the mirror. So they brought the chronicles and they were read. They were read on themselves. Meaning, it doesn't say he read. It says they were read. Very interesting. They, they were trying to skip the passage. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu kept on turning the pages back to make sure that it was read. You say, was found written. Kasav, it should have said there was a writing. What does it mean? Again, it was written. So and it tells us, says the Gemara, she Shem Shem she, she, who was the king's scribe, was trying to erase it, to take away the record of a Mordechai. But Gavriel but the angel of came and he wrote it. So it was just written. It been written very, very recent. Um, Rabbi Asi, what do we see? If a stupid chronicles of a, a, a you know a, a king of Persia cannot be erased, so the Ksav, what it says in the record books of the Eved up in Himmel, there's no way that anything that it says up there in those record books are going to be erased. If Gavriel has to make sure that it's written over here, every single thing in the record book here, certainly what it says in the record books in Shemayim will eternally always be there.